that's time a, to just get better. It's time to get better. I got like <laughs> I, I made a mistake. Yeah, I, I know what I did wrong. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna reflect. I'm gonna gonna heal. I'm gonna train and get back right at it. Three, two. Welcome to Donuts and Bikes, the mountain biking coaching podcast. Your hosts are Christian and Paul, and we're here to discuss the skills, techniques, and tactics we've used to progress our riders and coaches over the past 20 years to become more skillful and confident and ultimately have more fun on bikes. So click into a harder gear and get ready to dig deep into some of these skills. Welcome back. Well, that's what we should just start again. Paul, good to see you again. <laughs> How you doing, Christian? Good to see you, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw each other last week. It's exciting to be back into podcast uh, world on the mics again. Yeah, it's fun, man. You know, I love I love this podcast. Like, it's I've been saying to a few friends, like how how cool it is to sort of take something you've done for a long time and then try and do it through a different medium or a different process. Like, I was running a level four um, course for PMBIA last week and part of that course is is you have to write a, an article and a technical how-to article and and it's kind of awkward for a lot of people because um, mountain bike coaches aren't always the sort of type of people that are writing in-depth documents right um every week um but it, they love it i mean it's one of the parts of the course that they really enjoy because it's it's forcing them to as a coach you know apply their knowledge but through a completely different medium and that's how i feel about this podcast it's yeah it's, it's great to be here i'm lucky to have a good buddy like you to do this with so thanks man oh yeah cheers right back at you it's it's been a, a huge pleasure for uh, for me as well and i love the the creativity of of just sitting with topics and think and thinking about them yeah totally. you know and, and as a I mean, I love coaching. I, mean, I think we both agree, agree with that coaching and, and obviously riding as well as eating donuts. It's time I mean, to just get better. It's time to get better. I got like, <laughs> yeah. I, I made a mistake. Yeah. I, I know what I did wrong. Yeah. I'm going to get a reflect. I'm going to, going to heal. I'm going to train and get back right at it. Going back through the kids um, episode that we did and really replaying a lot of that tape thinking through some of the concepts really got me thinking more in depth about those concepts and, and as well as the, the episode that hasn't come out yet with, uh, with adults and really <clears throat> wanting to take these, a handful of really three, three ideas that we touched on in the kids episode and view those same concepts through coaching adults. Yeah. So I think it'd be a, be a really cool cool thing to do here um, because I do feel like the, this connectedness, for instance, which we'll get into like the, the concepts that we, we tied in in with that, I think are what it's all about in terms of coaching and, and what it is that we're doing here. And, and I think there's, there's obviously some more to say about it, but I wanted to approach that directly through, um, through the adult lens. Yeah. I, I love it. And you know, we, we've often joked about it in the past, like every time we edit or listen to one of our episodes, we're like, we could do a part two or we could do a part three. So it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool to dig into it a little bit more. And I like the way you said, uh, um, 
when you were listening to the tape <laughs> because anyone born in the you know after the 2000s probably doesn't know what that means but <laughs> I, I like that yeah i like that analogy though or what's, what's the, t- the, tape? the tape deck in your in your in your car yeah totally well yeah. that's how you define adults versus kids these days if they know what a cassette player is chances are they're an adult <laughs> they're probably going to come back they're probably a retro <laughs> if there isn't already tapes making tapes i don't know i always they always got twisted or something would happen with it and then you'd, get, you'd have to get your pencil out and then rewind it or you know when you'd pull it out the thing i think i think vinyl is here to stay i mean that's yeah that's some quality retro that's yeah going to be around for another 200 years i reckon but anyway biking connectedness connectedness and um adulthood (laughs) adulthood adulthood with this so just to review everybody just kind of start off with this this idea of connectedness we really focused on how when we work with kids the coach is really trying to foster trust and comfort through connectedness like the 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 actions that they're they're doing um through language, uh, through their behaviors uh, with the kids. And Paul, can you just elaborate just a little bit on that for our listeners, just to review like a couple nuggets on why this is important? Yeah, I think I think the key thing with connectedness is, is being able to see the world through the eyes of the, the student. Um, and if you're coming to the lesson uh, from a place uh, that's familiar or feels comfortable for the student, um, you're going to have more success with 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 learning because ultimately, I think we talked about like every learning opportunity or learning environment requires a degree of vulnerability because you're you're essentially admitting that you can't do something you don't know something you want to learn something you can improve something. So that vulnerability, you know, um, to get people to open up and be vulnerable, that's the place you almost need them to be comfortable in, so that we can understand what they're doing well, what they're struggling with, and then we can build up and develop the skills um, and the confidence and whatever else we're developing from there. So, be, you know, that connectedness is an essential piece to those uh, those ideas. Awesome. Yeah. You know, with that, we we highlighted the the aspect that a lot of what we're coaching with kids is not the actual act of mountain biking. Yeah. It's part of, it's part of a bit, you know, we're respect, empathy, teamwork, being humble, which is a, a point that you made in that last episode that I think is critically important as a part of, part of this. Yeah. And and then it was one, a highlight this, this next piece. And then we're going to kind of use the adult lens on, on these three, three points here is that the, the coach is acting as a, as a, a bridge between what the, the kid wants to know and then what they're actually going to do. Right. So yeah. we're, we're guiding, we're guiding through um, what we might call a gap, right. And there's yeah. a, there's a gap between those two things. And a lot of that with kids, what we do is we guide them cognitively through, through this and then physical as well, you know, the performance yeah. of a maneuver climbing position or whatever it is right but we're we're sort of a guide in that in that 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 space 
Okay. And so those are kind of the three points I want, the first three points I wanted to look at from this, this lens of the, of, uh, of adult, of adulthood and working with adults hmm. and coming back to this first point about this, um, this, this connectedness piece, we're trying to foster comfort and trust with the individual child. Right. Um, and the children, that we're working with typically are seeing the world through kids' eyes and their own experience, right? Yeah. Which if you're working with an eight-year-old, that's eight years of experience. And they have, as we mentioned in the adult episode, this, this act of like building a city, building a town, you know, they're, they're actively in that process of establishing their, their mental patterns and all these kind of things. And when we get into working with adults, a 40 year old has, you know, exponentially more experience and this impacts um, how they see the world, how they're viewing their own actions and these kind of things. And I, I, the question I like to ask and put to us right here is like, what does this, what does this mean now for connectedness? Cause they're, they're viewing the world differently. They have a lot more experience. How, how do we then connect with adults as, as a coach? Yeah, it's a it's a cool cool question. I like and I love this analogy of the city. You know, like sometimes I think you know and people have probably heard this before, but like kids are often a little bit more of a blank slate in that their personality, their their city, their network of roads isn't quite as established yet. So we can mold it, we can shape it. We we have an opportunity to do that a little bit more. Whereas with the adults, you know the the city is the way it is and it's kind of built that the net the network is established those neural pathways are established and so I think one way of looking at it as a coach is you know anytime you go to a, a city and you've never been there before you kind of need a map you need to understand where to go and how to get there uh, what's even there in the first place? What are some of the attractions? Uh, what are some of the highlights or lowlights of that city? You need to learn about that city before you can work with and travel through that city. And and I kind of think of like adults in the same sense. It's like every adult has a very unique and different city. And getting to know that adult is a lot like just getting to know a city for the first time. And it it takes time. And assuming one city is a certain way and so therefore another city might be a certain way is is a big mistake and that's that's why this connectedness is key with adults is is the city that we're entering the, the personality that we're meeting less of a blank slate there's there could be a huge variety of differences there um, and that is the inherent reason why we need to connect we need to understand why they've built those roads why their personality is a certain way what excites them, what scares them, what gets them engaged, what disengages them, um, you know, what they might be sensitive to, what they might not be sensitive to. You might say to someone, oh, your bike's looking a little bit old, we should try and upgrade it. Someone might look at that and think, oh, cool, that's, that was helpful advice. Yeah, I never really thought about that. And then another person might get super offended because they just saved up their whole money to buy, I don't know, a new chain set that summer and they've just spent all their money on a new chain set, but you still look at the bike and say, Hey, it's kind of old. We need to upgrade it. And they've just spent all their wages that summer on the bike already. And now they're like, 
they feel really deflated. So, you know, one little comment like that, that's just a good example of how, depending on the adult, the personality you're working with, depending on what city you're trying to navigate, it could go, you know, in two completely different ways. Um, so that, you know, and a good coach is just like a good traveler. You, you can get into any city, anywhere in the world, and you can navigate through it pretty easily. You can find your way. And that's what a good coach can do. Um, and that's where the people skills kick in. Uh, and, and to do that, we need to understand people better. We need better people skills. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's probably a good place to start with, with that, that analogy and just sort of building on that analogy and why we need to connect with adults. Yeah. I love that. I, I think that there's a lot of, uh, adaptability that has to happen for us as the coach because yeah. that the adult has such a more complex map to follow this, yeah. this analogy further. So, yeah, so we need to be able to be adapting ready to roll as things change. And I think that leads into this next point here is um, when we teach kids, we're often te teaching things beyond the actual skills of mountain biking. Does this yeah. happen with adults as well? Is there other times when a, an adult comes to us with a, with a goal, which is very common? Like I want to learn to jump or learn yeah. to wheelie longer or whatever are are the things that are that are non-tangible skills then that we we as coaches then can bring to that to that experiences that are helpful for that, that this uh a grown the grown person yeah totally because i think you know we see this quite a lot where like sometimes kids are better students because they're in school right like they're either they're in school or university or they're constantly in that mindset with students. So sometimes they're, they're used to being vulnerable. They're used to being frustrated and having to be patient. They're used to admitting that they can't do something like not always, but generally kids can be better students. And then adults, like they're, they're not as used to being vulnerable. They're, they're not as used to be opening up and being a student again. Um, and so some outcomes of that are, you know, sometimes we have to teach people to be uh, a little bit more self-aware. You get a lot of adults that are jumping and, oh, I don't need to learn to jump. And then you follow them and you're like, oh, my God, that's the sketchiest thing I've ever seen. They've completely lost that self-awareness. Right. So sometimes you're teaching things like uh, we need to teach some body awareness so that you can understand what you're currently doing or not doing. And then as a rider, you're a lot easier to coach because you, you recognize that you're – you're moving your body a certain way and it's, it's either creating a good outcome or it's creating a bad outcome. Like a good example is like a number of adult riders that they don't realize it, but they're dropping their inside foot just slightly as they go through corners because their hips are shifting, not towards the outside of the corner. They're just slightly shifting to the inside of the corner. And there's so many adult riders that go through corners and they don't even realize they're doing that. So without that body awareness, it's, it's going to be, harder to address and harder to fix so i think that's a good one and then then some classics like i don't know if you've seen this christian but like adults can be pretty hard on themselves so teaching them to be patient teaching them to be kind on themselves um yeah so for sure it crosses over and it's funny like i once heard a baseball coach like talking about parents and the parents were frustrated that he was trying to mentor the kids on things like respect or um, 
teamwork, things thing, things that kind of had nothing to do with the act of like throwing or hitting a baseball, basically. And the, the parents were like, just, you're a baseball coach, just teach my kids baseball. Right, right. Right. <laughs> and he was like, if, if they can't like work as a team, then I can't, there's no point in them being out to hit, hit a ball well, or if they can't just respect each other and we're together all the time, then I can't get them to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. And as a baseball team, they, they suck. Like it's fundamental to, to baseball that I teach them teamwork and respect. Um, and, and we'll see that they'll also be, they'll be in a happier place as a team mentally, and then look at how they perform. So it, it all it all kind of um, goes down that same same road with teaching bike and it's it's and and, and teaching adults like yeah I, th- I think uh, another good example is like um, I was teaching one of our ladies nights a couple of seasons ago and you know what one particular group we basically spent the whole evening just talking about um, being patient with the process and then being kind to yourself and stop comparing your performance to other people. Um, you know, and that was actually a theme for like two or three sessions. And we, we really talked about that and we use mountain biking as an example, as a pathway to teach those things, um, to that group of ladies. Um, that, that one just sticks out in my mind. Cause if a couple of the, in that group are always like, I really want to do this. And I was like, why do you want to do that? Well, so-and-so is doing that. So-and-so is riding that trail and I want to do it. And I'm like, well, let's just check in with that for a second because you have a goal just because you've seen someone else do it. But does that, is that a pattern within your life? Is, is that how we operate outside of biking? Is that a healthy way to look at things? Because they can ride that trail. You want to ride that trail. Are you ready yet? Cause if you're not ready, you're going to get really hurt if we just try and go ride that trail. So, um, you know, let's try and make the goals relevant to us individually and, and, and are intrinsic to us and not, not based on what other people are doing so that we're not this sort of external influence that, that establishes that goal setting. So we talk quite a lot about, yeah, intrinsic goal setting, what's valuable to you based on what you need and, and not what other people are doing. And that was kind of a theme with, with the patience and being kind to yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, long-winded answer there, but no, it's like good. all this stuff, like someone asks me a question, and then I'm like, uh, "Yeah, you, you just you got well, you got that's, ideas." That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. You know, as you're speaking, I was I really started thinking about that word value, and we mentioned that at the end of the the kids episode. You know, I think in a really a really special special way. Um, so folks that haven't listened to that episode, be sure to go check that one out. But when you think about the value that an adult is getting out of a lesson, I think it resonates with exactly the things that you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. how do you make sure that you're you're setting intrinsic goals and finding intrinsic motivation? Um, and the thing that I see quite a, quite a bit is, is the being, being kind to yourself. Yeah. And with, with adults, especially learning to jump and yeah. for somebody that's been biking, say four or five, six years as an adult has picked, you know, picked up mountain biking as an adult jumping usually doesn't come very easily. It's not something that that's an immediate um, accomplishment. 
Yeah. And a lot of adults can get frustrated with that, with that process. And our job as a coach is to coach through the frustration. Yeah. It's not necessarily to, to coach to be better jumping first. We've got to, we've got to really figure out how to coach through that frustration. And one of the, the main tools is, you know, the teaching and the role modeling. How, how can we be kind to ourselves in this process? Yeah. Totally. How can we, how can we focus on, on, on the process and enjoy the process and find that, that moment to moment joy of doing something difficult. Yeah. Yeah. A, I, I totally. It's like shifting their mind to the process goals more so than maybe the outcome goal. Ex- yeah. Yeah. And, and then like, again, back to value, like I think that, it, you know, most adults are coming into, coming into the lesson, seeking va- some sort of value that they may be not able to articulate. Yeah. You know, they want to jump, but they also want to get something of value out of it because they have all these, these other, you know, their, their map is built out. They know, they know that they know the, the totality of their, their town, their village, whatever. And, and we're, we're giving them some value to plug in, yeah. plug in there. Totally. And that, that kind of reminds me of like, um, you know, the, the extrinsic goals with adult coaching, they often come through like the culture of the sport. So like the culture of biking is, is typically terrain based goals. Like I want to learn how to ride black trails instead of blue trails or, um, drops, uh, or bigger drops, or I want to get onto jumps or there's this techie trail that my friends are riding and I haven't ridden yet. Like, typically adults will come in with these kind of terrain-based goals, which are really outcome-based, like we just mentioned. So part of the coaching I find with adults a lot of the time is trying to teach them how to learn. And part of learning how to learn is understanding the difference between what are the steps through the process that we need to learn that will eventually one day lead to the outcome. So trying to get adults to appreciate the process, the skills we develop along the way to eventually learning how to jump are just as important, if not more important, and actually more, um, you know, pleasing. Like the nice thing within a process goal is you can walk away with success on every lesson, regardless of whether you've achieved the outcome or not. So it's a it's process goals are a great tool to get adults to, learn how to learn a little bit bit better and learn how to be kind to themselves. So, you know, if they haven't ridden that trail yet, well, it doesn't matter. I improved my braking today. So at least I'm getting better at my braking and then eventually I'll build up to that steeper rock roll trail um, or, or whatever it might be. But I, I love this idea of learning, teaching how to learn as a, yeah. as an outcome here or as a, or yeah. as a process more yeah. correctly. Very cool. Let's get into this next point here called the gap, right? And this is the the gap between what we think we we want to do and the actual, the doing of it. You know, yeah. for, for kids, we're often, we're coaching them through that process. And kids, as we're going to, we'll talk about in the final, the final point today is, you know, have a, 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 a beginner mindset, right? They, they're, op- they're open to being guided through that. And I think as, as adults, as we, as we grow in, into adulthood, um, we start to know a lot of things, you know, our, our yeah. cities, our cities get very complex very quickly and we know all the shortcuts yeah. and, we, and we get very comfortable. We can get very comfortable with our performance and, and then 
the analogy that it's been sitting with me with this is that in that space of the gap, we fill that gap up with things. And that then blocks us from actually engaging into the fully into the process and makes and, and can make for coaching somebody very difficult. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's common because again, like with the adults, it's, they'll, um, you know, the common phrase is like, oh, I'm, I'm too old to learn that now. Right. They've just, they've just taken themselves out, out of the equation. If they haven't taken themselves out of the equation, it's, you know, they're at least not helping it right with that, right. that mindset. Um, or, or it could be something as simple as maybe they're not going that far and saying, oh, I'm too old to learn that now. Or, or it's just like they've, they've got into a habit of not learning. So they've plateaued right. and th- it's harder to suddenly change. Like if you, if you ride a certain way for 10, 15, 20 years and you ride exact same way and you just repeat that muscle memory, it's like the concrete is set. and It's so hard to break it up. You know, whereas someone that's constantly learning, like they're constantly stirring the concrete and it doesn't allow it to set, right? So then you can mold it however you want. So I feel like, uh, you know, we often talk about that with adults, like you've got to kind of crack the mold. I always think of like, I don't know why, but I think of like those those plastic He-Man toys when we were kids in the 80s. <laughs> this kind of rigid plastic kind of action figures. And you need to put them in the microwave or the oven and warm them up. And then they all kind of get gooey and not that I did that when I was a kid, but um, (laughs) I don't recommend that. Your mom mom or dad might not like that. But, you know, I always think of that kind of cracking the mold and and getting it from plastic back to rubber, both mentally and physically and technically. Like you can apply that analogy to those three uh, components of, of their performance, like the mental side, the technical side, the physical side, like all of those things can get stuck and set. But we need to do something to break that mold to so that we can bend it and reshape it however we need. And and uh, the longer you go without challenging yourself, um, without um, reflecting and um, being introspective, the, the the longer you leave for that concrete to set and then the, then the harder it is to kind of crack that mold. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that kind of answers the question. No, I but, think that's a, that makes a good a good point there. I love, I've always loved that analogy of the, you used to say breaking the intermediate mold, right? We yeah. get, we get to a, a point in our writing where we're very competent yeah. at doing what we do. Yeah. Totally. But, but we're set in our ways and it's, yeah. it, it takes some, some cracking of that mold to get yeah. into, into new patterns. I mean, I think partly one of the pieces that's, that's missing there is inspiration and motivation. Like, you look at kids that they're quite easily inspired or motivated to learn something more, like whether they're watching videos or that kid two years older than them is can do sick whips or whatever, or that kid on the cross country team is way faster up the climb. Like they're constantly in an environment where they're being inspired to, to progress, to, to keep foot, keep moving forward. And so the motivation is kind of intrinsically there all the time. Whereas with adults, like, they they less often do that. They're not constantly looking at videos and thinking, seeing themselves in what they see. Whereas kids are quite good at that. They'll see a rider doing 
something way above their skill level. Um, and they'll be like, I want to do that. I want to learn that. And I think that's a key piece for adults is, is, is sometimes or often that's kind of lacking. Like they'll see, they'll watch Rampage, they'll watch a biking video, but they won't automatically go to the mindset of, I want to try that. Or maybe not that big, but I want to do something similar to that on a smaller scale. Like I'm not going to do a massive whip like that, but I'd, I'd love to learn some basic whips, some little whips. Adults don't go through that. So they don't inherently have that motivation to change their riding and to keep learning, to keep progressing. They get very comfortable with the comfortable. They get very comfortable with, I can ride my bike now. I'm not crashing too much. I'm happy with that. I'm good with that. So they definitely sit in more of this sustained mindset a lot more than kids where they they're kind of automatic or organically automatically naturally kids are always in that growth mindset so that's uh, you know that the word inspiration there i think is really one to focus in on for a second the i think that one of the differences that i'm hearing you say is that you know the kids kids can get inspired very easily and yeah. I, I would I would add in my experience that kids inspire each other and you see groups of kids yeah. riding riding together, whereas and trying tricks, we see it all the time here at our bike park. There, there'll be a, a group of uh, eighth graders, you know, they're trying to figure out how to whip and there's yeah. five of them. And they Somebody's got a camera out and they're yeah. all like super stoked, you know, and but they're just, they're trying to figure it out and they're pushing each other. And how often do we see a group of adults doing that? Yeah, totally. Well, they, they've kind of forgotten how to play. I mean, that's just kids playing really. <laughs> right. You know, and adults don't play like that. Like they don't take a bike and play with the bike. They just go on a ride. Whereas the best adult bikers I see are the ones that basically haven't grown up. They still have that childish, mindset like they'll watch a video or they'll watch their friend and be like that's sick i'm gonna try and do that like in that sense the adult hasn't grown up they're, they're still fully in that kind of growth mindset without realizing they're in a growth mindset they're just constantly playing and oh wow like the way ross did that that was sick like i wonder if i can do that but ross is very inspirational yeah we need to have him on the on the podcast yeah, for sure, man. He's, a, he's, he's, and he's very under, but he's very, he's very kind of adult and grumpy about it. He's very <laughs> understated, partly because he's Scottish, but. Well, that's the yeah, Scottish. But he's, I mean, to pick on Russ for a minute, like he, partly what makes him such a good rider as an adult and the fact that he's constantly learning is because he's constantly watching stuff like video, motocross, snowboarding, like F1, whatever it is, like he's constantly inspiring himself to learn something um and he, in that sense he hasn't grown up and i and i love that well we'll have him to come on and uh defend himself you've made a great point here and i i want to um share just a little story um but I, I think that there are there are messages within our, our culture and with our, within our society for adults um, to stop playing. Yeah. You know, like it, there's, there's a time to put it, put away the toys. I had a, um, a crap, pretty significant crash on a, my dirt jumper a decade ago in a concrete skate park Ugh. and, uh. came, you know, 
came, I was in a sling for, for a long time and separated my uh, shoulder. Um, but one of the grownups that's the first group, the first group that saw me was like, looked at me. It was like, it's time to grow up. Those were his words to me. <laughs> I'll never forget. He's like, Christian, oh, Christian, it's time to grow up. And I'm like, that, that sucks. fuck no, it's not. It's not. I'll get, I'm going to be back at it. You know, and I, but I think that that, that's time a, to just get better. It's time to get better. I got like, I, I made a mistake. Yeah. I, I know what I did wrong. Yeah. I'm going to get a reflect. I'm going to, going to heal. I'm going to train and get back right at it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to learn more about us, please check out our first info episode, which digs into who we are, what we do, and our background in the coaching and mountain bike industry. You can also check us out on Instagram at Donuts and Bikes, or our podcast website is the Mountain Bike Coaching Podcast.buzzsprout.com. All right, back to the show. But I, I think that to zoom back over into the coaching and how we how do, how do we coach in this within this framework and it be playful like let's 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 teach let's teach playfulness how can we go have an absolute blast on this trail and you know i know following you enough just you know little little playful jibs here and there and you know finding opportunities just to be expressive on the yeah. bike translate then to inspiration paul's doing that i need to i want to try to do that ross is doing that i want to try to do that yeah right and I, I think that there are you know showing re, actually just reminding adults that it's okay to play yeah yeah I, th- I think that's huge and it's i mean that's partly just being goes back to that vulnerability is they're they're a little bit shy or reserved to just be a bit silly or to fail at something, um, especially in front of their peers or their friends. I mean, that's that's the one thing that we, you know, and if I go into the session as a coach and I'm I'm too serious and I'm too rigid, it, without realizing it, I'm just building that atmosphere in my coaching sessions. I'm building that culture. Like when I'm coaching adults, often I feel like I'm just coaching kids. I'm pretty much the same i'm acting the same way i'm a little bit goofy playing jokes hanging around because i'm trying to build an atmosphere where we're just having fun and we're just everyone's comfortable everyone's relaxed and then we're we're kind of automatically setting up an environment where the 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 adult can kind of just let go a little bit and just chill out relax a little bit and stop being so sort of conservative and just tell a joke be silly laugh at yourself Try something, fall over, and keep going. Have fun. Well, it's it's like the end of the Lego movie. Mm. Will Will Ferrell's character, Lord Business, you know, <laughs> like it's like <laughs> yeah. stop messing with my stuff. These are not toys. These are highly sophisticated interlocking brick systems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's that. like, but we got it at a toy store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Such a good movie. I, I yeah, we, I, we watched it the, uh, a couple weekends ago. It was awesome. But but, <laughs> but that, that kind of reminds me, like, because I see this in coaches too. Like, anytime you see an adult plateau, whether it's in their coaching or their riding, you kind of just look at their their lifestyle. And, you know, I love movies. Most people that know me know that I love movies. And 
I think that helps me. You know, I still watch a lot of kids' movies because I have kids myself. But um, th- it's not just the biking. It's like I'm I'm being a goofball in other areas of my life. I'm watching silly movies or I'm trying different sports or I'm bouncing up and down on the kid's trampoline or if Huxley's, like, running through town and I don't know if he's, like, running along the edge of a wall, assuming it's safe-ish, like, I'm usually up there with him. Like... I'm that kind of the, like within reason. I don't want to like a complete map in the middle of Vancouver, but um, you know, it's it's like it's a pattern, right? And I feel like if you have that pattern in your everyday life, with just being a bit relaxed, not taking yourself too seriously, being a bit of a goofball, being unafraid to fail at something, um, trying to always find ways to be inspired and to learn something new, like partly why I think you and I both play music is it's, it's like I'm constantly trying to do something and, and learn something new. So, um, and then when it comes to me being on the bike, I'm not really acting differently. I'm not behaving differently. I'm just kind of behaving the same way that I would in other areas of my life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Play more, <laughs> play, more. play more. Let's, um, <clears throat> let's shift gears into, kind of this next topic here of, of language and performance. We, we talked extensively about this with kids and focused on um, what we, or how, how we say things, how, how much that matters. And it, if listeners are paying attention, I don't know, Paul, if you've you caught this, but you and I both said things that were, um, they contradicted each other at different parts in mm-hmm. the, in the podcast. Cause you we said, we said two different things, but I wanted to highlight how how cool this this idea is, and it's 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 really based around how we say things matters, right? And so you were you you were talking about with kids. Sometimes it's really important to talk to them like adults. Yeah, right. And it, yeah. So they 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 need they need that. And at, at some point later in in the in the show, I I said, you know, we needed sometimes we need to talk to them like camp counselors, and yeah, we need to be playful. And I think what that really speaks to is the adaptability, you know, of, of, of how do we, how do we adjust our language to meet the moment so that it's um, the resulting performance or whatever it is we're trying to achieve is optimized. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, for sure. Which, yeah. so with adults, what are some things we can do to kind of be adaptable with our, with our language? that might be different from, from with kids. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I think we, we, we can touch on a few simple examples and tactics to, to go through with our language with adults. Um, but I think one thing that really helps is um, in your own life, getting to know as many different type of people as you can. Traveling really helps. Different types of jobs really helps. You know, the, the coaches I see that connect really well with other adults, they've had a diverse, colorful, really interesting background. You know, they've worked as a cleaner, as a chef, as a artist. I don't know. They've just had a really diverse background. They've met loads of different people from lots of different walks of life. And it inherently, that is the life experience teaching you how to adapt and relate to and connect and talk to different adults. 
Um, and that's hard to do. You can't just like fix that in two weeks. Okay, I'm going to go on a quick holiday and meet as many different people as I can. I mean, that's that's your life experience contributing to your skills as a coach and your people skills. Um, but maybe switching towards some more simple tactics. You know, I, th- I think a lot of the language is similar with kids that we use with adults and, um, you know, s- saying things like, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'll often just, as soon as I hear an adult say, oh, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure I, I'm not ready for that or I can't do that or I don't want to learn that or I'm not interested in that, I often just add the word yet on the end. I can't do that yet. I'm not ready for that yet because that one little word is so powerful and it just completely changes the tone and the direction of the conversation and it immediately puts out the possibility that that there is a progression out there. We just haven't done it yet. We haven't gone through it yet. So it just it switches them from that kind of negative state to that growth mindset almost, you know, with three little letters, Y-E-T, can't do that yet. Um and that that that's a really good example. Um, I think the other one too for adults is trying to get them to be, believe in it because you can say like, um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to ride that section of trail. Um, <clears throat> but do they honestly believe it? So we often hear about like this positive self-talk. And positive self-talk, if it's not practiced, it doesn't really do anything in the short term. Like if you suddenly take me to a trail I've never ridden and you take me to a sketchy section, like a steep, gnarly rock roll or something, I know I can do it, but me just standing at the top going, I can do this, it, it doesn't always work. So sometimes I need to believe it more than I need to say it. And so understanding saying something doesn't automatically result in believing something and changing someone's belief usually is harder and usually takes time. And so understanding that, you know, that the short term, like if I am genuinely ready for something, maybe I've seen that rock roll, done some homework for a couple of weeks, I've thought about it, I've processed it, I've built up to it. That homework for the two weeks is changing the belief and then in the moment when I'm there, I've believed in myself enough that I can do it. The positive That's where the positive self-talk can really help. It can just help me stay in the right mindset, the right frame of mind. I can be positive. I can try and avoid the negative thoughts coming in. And that's where the positive self-talk can help. But, but without genuine belief, the, uh, the positive self-talk is going to have a limited Im- impact. So um, things like... Uh, can't do that yet. Or I often say success comes in cans anytime they use the word can't. Just change it. I can do, I can do that. I can do it. I just, and, uh, and I'm worthy of it. I'm ready for it. Uh, but before I do it, I need to go through progression ABC. Um, so, so yeah, that, There'd be some tips, I guess. What what are, what are some words or language points you've had success with? Um, or maybe some that you try to avoid or try and get them to avoid themselves. Like, what's been your experience? Yeah, for me, the, I've been thinking a lot about the, the act of how we think about the action. 
right? And so how how we're actually the the, the words that we're choosing to to articulate the sketchy section or whatever. And I I've been trying to avoid any sort of um like a obtuse word like like sketchy like it to me that's a yeah. there's there's a negative there's like we all know what it means but yet that it's not helpful for me to think about it being sketchy yeah. like let let me let me break down this section into some objective details I and then that. and then in, in doing so I can start thinking about those details in terms of things I know about my own performance right yeah. you know or you know if if I'm working with that's you know for me personally thinking about writing you know f- at me as a coach when I when I hear um, someone talking about this 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 section is too chunky right or or, or whatever it's like well what do we have control over in this yes. you know what what are some things yeah yeah there's a, it's it's very loose it's steep let's describe these things yeah and then let's let's think let's think about what those things mean for us and so how we think about these things has a huge impact on our performance. You know, there's a lot of research out there that, that look, that's looking, that looks at this um, with, with folks saying a, a large percentage percentage of our performance is due to how we, we think about it. And I think working backwards for me is trying to get rid of the clutter and the fluff and the judgment that the, the, either the positive or the negative judgments to the yeah. facts, you know, yeah. and then, and then how do we interpret those facts based on our, our skills? Yeah. I love that word judgment. That's a key one. Like adults would judge themselves too much, whether, whether positively or negatively, there's, there's a lot of judgment. So taking the emotions out of it is key. And that's something I've found has helped me as a writer, but also as a coach is you mentioned earlier, like trying to be objective with your descriptions and I, I apply that a lot to the visualization. So changing that belief, like genuinely trying to believe you can do something, it requires daily positive self-talk. And that that's where the, the positive self-talk, you know, it helps uh, in the long term. But that's a mental skill that you need to practice. Like for me, my habit is I overanalyze things and... A lot of adults do this and they'll start to futurize failure and they'll start to yeah. uh, just look at all the ways it could possibly go wrong. <laughs> and that's a habit that I've formed through my whole life. Um, and it's a way to avoid disaster. It's actually your brain's way of preparing you. And it's actually a good thing because that it can actually keep you safe. But the problem is, is that process, that way of thinking overtakes everything else. And then it's hard for you to see success because you just keep seeing all the possible scenarios of failure and how, how many different ways you're going to crash down that, that uh, section of trail. So visualizing it, you know, I like what you said, labeling the things objectively, like there's a rock there, there's a loose section there, it's off camber there. What are the skills I need? Just need to stay centered, need to release the brakes there. Do I have those skills? Yes, I have those skills. And then just practicing that self-talk. So I've done the homework. I'm worthy of being there. I'm in the right place and um, I'm ready for this. I've got this. Um, there's there's a lot of value in just saying, not just like I'm ready for this, but 
I'm going to smash this. Right. You know, yeah. just changing those labels like, oh, there's a jump or there's a technical climb and there's a section that I just never cleaned. Yeah. How many times have you gone into that climbing section? It's like, oh, I'm going to give it a go. I'll see how I go this time. And like just changing it to I'm ready for this. I've done the work. I've put in the skill development, the, the, the strength training. I've got the experience. I'm ready for it. I've done the work. I'm going to smash this. And, and seeing what changes and seeing if, if the outcome changes. Maybe the, the cha- change isn't much. Maybe you don't smash it. But how did you feel going through it with that mindset? Did you right. feel like you were going to be more successful? Did you feel more confident regardless of the outcome or not? How did that mindset going into it into it help you? Like, I love this thing. I was just reading The Mind Gym, this book. I started reading the, the, a while ago. And I always remember, I think it was last year I was reading it, where they got participants to visualize two sporting events or situations they were in one where they were successful and then one where they failed and then they were asked to contribute you know what percentage of the difference in that performance was um not due to their physical condition uh or skill level so in other words like how much did the mental side how much did how you thought about it your mental state contribute to that successful performance versus the unsuccessful performance and the reality is for most athletes they realize that during those two between those two situations they weren't physically stronger or weaker they weren't more or less skilled like they had the same skill the same experience the same physical condition but in one performance they succeeded and in one performance they failed. And you can relate to that in biking. Like think of, think of a few examples where you nailed it and a few examples where you didn't nail it. And the challenge was maybe the same difficulty, but what made the difference? Were you more or less skilled? Were you stronger or weaker? No, probably not. It was almost certainly down to how did you feel mentally? So it highlights the importance of, this mental side to, to coaching and, and um, things like this language and this positive self-talk. It's a key component to working on that, that, uh, that mental component of, of an adult's journey through mountain biking. That's awesome. Kind of one final point on language here and performance from a coaching perspective is um, knowing when not to coach yeah. And, you know, working on, on jumps, we can use a lot of, a lot of language, a lot of words, you know, some, sometimes it's like just positive affirmation, you know, like yeah. if someone struggling with clearing, oh, you know, a, a jump that they really want to clear and they're not doing it, you know, and instead of like wanting to jump in and fix, fix, you know, quote, fix something, you know, maybe it's like the language is, Hey, you're going to, you'll get it. You're yeah. going to get it. Yeah. You know, and be, being, being really my, again, coming back to this whole full circle here, being really mindful of, of how we're using language, you know, knowing what, when to, when to switch gears and to, um, I'm just going to be your support person right now. Cause I know this yeah. is hard. This is hard, but you'll get it. I, I know that you will. 
yeah, you're transitioning yeah. from being a technical skills instructor, the technical language, and you're transitioning to, I'm, I'm just going to be your, your coach, your support network. And the, the language with technical skills coaching and, and mental skills coaching, like night and day. And that, that's a common thing I see with both riders and coaches is they'll get stuck on the technical side. When they're trying to problem solve, they're, they're thinking, oh, I'm not strong enough or I'm lacking a skill. If you use that jumping example, like when do I press? When do I absorb? Like, is it my body position? What's my speed? They're, they're trying to sort of make themselves feel better by thinking of the technical components but they haven't realized that the skill at that point isn't isn't the weak the weak the weakest link right the the physical condition isn't the weakest link the weakest link is the mind and so your approach and your language needs to change to that and i think that's a great point christian like so many coaches i'll see them just they just keep instructing quote unquote right. and instructing the skills and they just need to switch that off and you know what let's let's just guide them through this and 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 be open with the student like you've got the skill so we're going to stop talking about that like you it's autonomous your body will know when to press the ramp and absorb the bike your body knows how to stay centered so let's let's move on you know what's what's holding us back here is the mental game so what can I say? What can we say? What can you say to yourself to get this mental component in a place where you're ready to fly and feel confident and hit that jump consistently and comfortably? Um, yeah, so one one trigger work, one trigger, trigger kind of word I like to use to help me switch as a rider is <clears throat> how does my mind feel right now? And it, uh, that, question, that. that question just puts me away from any of the sort of physical, technical components that I, I'm probably overanalyzing to the end to create. And how does my mind feel right now? Do I feel confident? Do I, and if not, how can I get confident? Or do I feel motivated? If not, how can I get motivated? Um, and if it's not me I'm talking to, if, if, it's, if I'm coaching and I'm working with a rider, I might just ask the rider, how does your mind feel right now? Is, is your mind helping you succeed here or is your mind not helping you succeed? Yeah, and, and in doing so, then you're, you're introducing some self-assessment, self self-analysis, you know, mm. or I'm sorry, self-awareness here. Yeah. But then also, you know, if, I love that phrasing, is your mind helping you here? Yeah. Or is it, is it, is it limiting you here? And then, then we can open that door and like, well, what are, what are the things that are, that your minds, are there some negative talk here or are there distractions, you know, um, things are just out of order today. Yeah. You know, th things aren't settled or wh whatever. Right. But we've got, then we have this doorway into some language we can, we can use within that mental yeah. space. Yeah. Um, Cause you'll tell like real quickly, like, you know, if someone replies like, well, I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. I'm just, just thinking about that and that. And yeah, I feel pretty good. Like straight away, you're like, okay, well, the mind isn't the component that's, that's limiting them right now. Maybe it's something else. Alternatively, if they're like, well, yeah, geez, I'm not sure. I'm feeling a bit, you know, uh, yeah, definitely got some doubt. I'm analyzing things a lot. It's like, okay. Right. Well, 
okay, we need to work here on the mind to calm it down, to get the mind in a place of confidence, a place of calmness. Um, and, and then that helps me shift away from the, yeah, like I said, the technical skills and more towards the mental skills, but yeah. Awesome. I want to bring us into this, this final, final topic here. And I'm going to, going to call a bit of an audible here. I had some ideas to add to this and, and to simplify, but basically one want to discuss is the beginner beginner's mindset, growth mindset, and then a sustained mindset. Yeah. And we, we meant, we mentioned this in the, the last adult episode. That sounds a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> they know what we mean. <laughs> Catching adults. Um, it's like when you drive past, like in the city, every time you drive past an adult shop, the kids right. are like, what's what? an adult shop? Um, uh, it's boring. It's just it's full of tax and paperwork. And <laughs> paperwork. File, ca- file cabinets. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go in there. Yeah, you, you don't want to go in there. It's fine. <laughs> we've we've talked about each each one of these things, but I had some observations just kind of as we, we, we just, we've been on the mic here. We talked about beginner's mindset earlier, you know, this approach that everything's new and seeing seeing the world fresh, you know, which is a we can do this as an adult, like there's, there's things that we can do to, um, um, to make that happen for us. Kids do it naturally quite often. Um, growth mindset we've talked about as this opportunity to view, um, the progress as what's important as opposed to a a specific outcome, Mm. you know, like we're, we're, we're moving forward, but we're really focusing our energy on, on, um, the, the actual growth in the moment yeah, and, and, and finding enjoyment out of that. And then you mentioned last in this last episode, this idea of, of, I think you said good enough. Yeah. Like there are times when it's, it's, it's okay. And I, that's what I really wanted to ex- explore. So maybe we let's start with just, just to remind our listeners what, what you mean by this sustain, sustainer mindset. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we've talked about it a lot like growth mindset and why, why it's important, especially for motivation and inspiration and, and, and that will feed into people's progression. But ultimately a growth mindset isn't always sustainable. You know, what happens to a, a plant if it, if it grows too much, like eventually it collapses. Like you've all seen sunflowers in a windstorm, like, well, you know, they're all snapped in half. Like, you know, it's just not sustainable to always be, growing and aiming for more. Um, so like everything, we we should find a balance in life. And there's a lot of value in um, sustaining something after the fact. So we can't really have a sustained mindset when we need to learn something new or when we need to progress. But at some point along that pathway or that journey, the person will have accumulated enough skill experience. If it's a sport, you know, physical conditioning at some point along that journey, there's a lot of value in understanding that, you know, reflecting back and, and realizing how far you've come and what skills do you have now? Uh, what experience do you have now? What, what's your, your, your physical strengths now? And if it's at a level that you're happy with, um, especially as you get older, and if it's a high level, that gets harder and harder to sustain. Um, and I've seen it in the winter and the summer, like with skiing, snowboarding, 
biking uh professional coaches athletes like i've seen a lot of ex world cup athletes you know and I, i i say it every year like i have to train now just to not get worse Right. right right whereas in the past i would have to train to get fitter whereas now and if i trained if i put in the work i got fitter i got faster i got stronger now i just have to train to not get weaker um so just purely from a physical standpoint that sustained mindset gets important as you get older um especially uh, but then from a skill you know skill development mindset if, if you're in your 40s and you're shredding and you're you can ride pretty much any trail that comes up to you. You can race or, or whatever it is, whatever level you've got to and you're happy with. Um, as you get older, understanding the value in trying to maintain that and not let that slip um, is equally important as still trying to find that growth mindset. And, it, and in certain times in your life, certain periods in your life, it's going to chop and change. Like, when I have less bandwidth, the kids are busy or work's busy or I don't have the motivation to ride much, whatever it is, shifting to a sustained mindset it takes the pressure off. It, it really helps me be comfortable with where I'm at based on all the work I've put in over the years. And this can apply to you professionally as well as personally, like in your career, in your job, like be comfortable with what you've achieved and where you're at and, and trying to maintain that it can be your new challenge. Like I always think of it like I'm a mountain bike coach. I'm 44. I'm probably going to be doing this for another 10 plus years, like trying to run level fours when I'm 50 plus, like, am I going to be fit enough, strong enough, good enough? Um, I hope so. And what a cool challenge that is. I don't need to get better or faster when I'm 55, I don't need to be 10 years worth of faster and stronger than I am now. <laughs> right. Right. But if I can be roughly the same level as to where I am now in 10 years, man, that would be amazing. That, I mean, that, that kind of excites me. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that sustained mindset is, is very important, but it's often overlooked. We just, we just don't talk about it enough. And I, I think society doesn't always allow us that we're, we're kind of pressured to always grow and personal growth and f finding this perfect harmony and all this kind of stuff that's just so out there and, and so visual in the world right now. And, and then we, we, we forget to appreciate um, just holding on to something is just as hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, and some really concrete um, examples of that are all over YouTube mountain bike channels. Yeah. If, and if, if you specifically just look at you, know, the thumbnails, it's the gnarliest, the best, the fastest, mm. it's all the superlatives, you know, and the, these messages are coming at us from, from that direction and all these other directions where we're, there's either conscious or unconscious pressure yeah. to want to be, to want to move forward, then you, you layer into that the these self help and you know the, the that culture that's doing flourishing right now, you know, then it, you can almost have a mania around wanting to get better, yeah, or feeling left behind, and you know, yeah. being that's a huge one, like this feeling yeah. of not being left behind. I mean, yeah, social media, everything these days. I mean, 
everything is almost set up to make you feel like if you don't do something more, you'll get left behind. And it's, it's just simply not true a lot of the time. Sometimes it is true, but a lot of the time it's not. <laughs> well, yeah, if you stop paying attention to it, it goes away. Yeah. yeah. You can just enjoy doing what you do. Good. Yeah. I mean, I laugh because right. a lot of the time I'm like, I can't wait to retire. I'm just going to get fat and drink pina coladas. And the, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I, I kind of do. Like there's a certain part of me that's like, I've just been active all my life. I think I'm just going to quit one day. And it's like, I'm almost like interested to see what it's like. Like I want to see what it's like not being active and sporty. I'm intrigued. I'm curious, but, um, and just letting it all go. And there's this sort of certain like relief behind that. Like it's tiring sometimes. And I think it's partly this. It's like, I'm a little bit burnt out of this growth mindset. Like I, I almost want, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go towards like a lose it mindset. That would probably be the other end of the spectrum, right? Like a growth, yeah. a sustain, and then a lose it. So you don't, you don't want the needles to swing that far, but. but well, um, how, how much of this, because it sounds like you're what you're talking a little bit about is burnout and yes, yeah. it's something that we face as, you know, as adults and coaching, you can get burned out coaching. Now, how, how much of this is that it's October in this, in, in the mountain bike season now and the North, you know, and you've been, you're in Australia coaching yeah. this in the winter, like you've been coaching straight through since yeah. almost this time last year. Right. Yeah, and then I, was, I did a ton of work in the winter with the new reference guide stuff for PMBI. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it. I mean, personally, right now for coaching, I'm 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 not burnt out. Um, I've got a little less motivation to ride at the moment, for sure. I often go through like a bit of a patch in the fall where I'm just quite content not to ride and, and not to eat the best and and not to stay the fittest. Like I use that's usually a pattern I have every year, and I'm. I'm quite comfortable with that because I know I know me and I know that after a certain amount of time I hate it and I want to you know yeah. feel good and get in yeah. shape and like it it never lasts that long for me but I do like that variety of like growth mindset get fit get strong work work and then swapping it back to like you know what just maybe let's let it go a little bit and then it's that sort of ebb and flow but I do see coaches burning out now and that's an interesting thing for us in the mountain bike industry is for the first time at least in my little bubble around whistler is we're starting to see coaches that have been doing it for 10 15 years um david achieved a lot of their goals like maybe their level three or level four instructor and they've achieved a lot in their coaching industry and um they've stopped improving they're not getting any better at coaching or teaching um that's usually the first sign of a little bit of a burnout is the inspiration, the motivation is gone. And so they've stopped improving because they've stopped improving their things have got stale and they're letting some bad habits and things creep in and they're not realizing it. They start to blame students a lot. You'll, you'll see that where the student this, the student that, and you, you can never blame the student because that's, it's the coach's role to problem solve and adapt with whatever student you have. So I think that's interesting. And I'd be interested to see where the industry goes in the future. Like more and more we're seeing mountain bike coaches now that are in their forties towards their fifties. We've seen that in the ski industry a long time now, but it's the first time we're starting to see it in the mountain bike side. So 
um, yeah, I think just understanding these different mindsets, growth mindset or sustained mindset and switching between the two, being comfortable with two. I mean, these are all tactics and tools that a rider and a coach can employ to, to be happy with themselves and to keep finding motivation as and when they, they want it. Yeah, totally. You know, one of, one of the things this might become as a surprise to folks, but one of the things I, I genuinely look forward to every year, um, you know, I, I mountain bike a lot and I, I love, I love to ride. Yeah. But I love closing down our bike park yeah. and I, I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite days when we hang the chain and we say the trails are closed we're done yeah. for the, we're done for the year. It's, it's, I mean, I, I absolutely love our, our bike park. It's a very special place, but man, that day, the day, first day it snows, it's like, all right, we're done. Yeah. I, there's this weight that comes off, you know, and, and done coaching, you know, done it, doing it. You, you know, it's usually it's cold and snowy here. So we get to explore the world that way. Um, but that, that's something that like, I look forward to and it. It, motivates me to then the, the next year, like it's, I see it as, like as a season, you know, like yeah. season, seasonality, totally. you know, I can recharge and be away from it, you know, on a good year. We've only had a couple of these recently. I can put the bike up, you know, for three months and just ski. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. And just, and not, not, not teach skiing, yeah. not, not coach, not do anything. It's like, I'm just going to ski. Yeah. You know? Totally. And I, I've I've gone that way in recent years where I've taught snowboarding less and less because it's just I'm so involved with teaching or training instructors year round that when I get on snow now I kind of I just want to snowboard. Like I had my first snowboard dream last night. They always pop in this time of year where I start dreaming about snowboarding. One of those ones where you do like a really easy trick. Like I, last night I just dreamt this like beautiful seven twenty. And it was so easy. And I was like, man, that was such a good feeling. And I woke up like so jazzed to go snowboarding. That's awesome. Not that I've ever done a 720. But um, yeah, and I think that that variety is key. And and again, like going back to adults and adult mountain bikers and, and learning, it's like we said earlier, being kind to yourself. Like this, you know, definitely around here, I see a lot of pressure in, in Australia to, especially in locations where you can ride year round. Um, Australia is a good example. Like, uh, there's a lot of like some of the top coaches and riders I know in Australia. They 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 can ride year round, but there's definitely months, two months where they just don't ride. It's a little bit colder, and they use it as like the first excuse. I mean, it's funny coming from the UK. They're like, "Oh, it's a bit cold. I don't really ride." And it's like it's 14 degrees. Like it's. <laughs> It's perfectly fine to ride. It's actually quite nice to ride. They're like, oh yeah, it's a bit chilly, but but yeah, I think I think uh, finding those t- times to put down the bike and pick up another sport, get that variety is is it's massively valuable. Awesome. Well, Paul, this has been fun again. Yeah, man. Thanks. Really enjoyed time. this this conversation. I hope. Um, uh, yeah, I hope the listeners enjoy it and and. And let us know, you know, like the more comments we have the in the in our Instagram feed and the more we can interact with our listeners and and um yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe a good place to plug here that uh we're back into a regular routine for a while. Yeah, I think so. We, yeah. We keep keeping some some episodes going. 
not burn out on this, just getting started. Yeah. yeah, it's good times. It's fun. Donuts. Donuts. Oh, yeah. Donuts. Do, do you have a donut for the day? I do. And I, I think it's in, donuts tie in here. Donuts make us happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, good mental coaching. Good mental coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I had this, you know, we, we have a couple donut shops nearby, but I was in the grocery store. You know, grocery stores here have typically have a bakery. Mm-hmm. And I'll go by and I'll smell the donuts and I'll, I'll be like, ah, okay, I'm going to pass. But <clears throat> there's a there's a brand of packaged donuts here in the in the southeast called Tasty Cakes, and they make little mini little mini Ooh. donuts, and they're yes, usually like 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 powdered sugar donuts. Yeah. And I was just I was you know, doing our weekly shopping, and, and I, out of the corner of my eye, I see a, a Tasty Cake package, but it has yellow on it. I'm like, what is that? Powder, powdered sugared lemon donuts. Oh, wow. And it was, it's that just amazing. sounds good. Yeah. Me, yeah. Just it's one of those things where I'm not like a huge lemon fan, but man, it was so tasty. Tasty cakes. Oh, that sounds really good. Because <laughs> lit in this little one. So it's like you can feel good about, you know, sustaining, right? yeah. S- sustaining, looking, looking forward to the next 10 years. Just yeah. look, don't eat the whole bag. <laughs> yeah. a sustain sustained mindset with donut eating yeah. Not I, I think i think we might have to move to like because i've i've found some really good donuts recently online but like <laughs> online no i mean like uh locations oh okay okay like donut because i follow some donut shops and then other donut shops like pop up in your feed right right, right. like i found this one in australia and i won't give it away today but we're going to try and go there in october when I'm visiting Shan's family. Um, but yeah, it looks insane. And and I can't wait to <laughs> tell the listeners about it because it blew my mind. So yeah, so we're going to, we might have to shift to like donuts that we haven't personally eaten, but we have been told about or have found about. Um, That's I awesome. Th- I don't know what you think to that. I, but. I love it. It's a little like a, like a treasure hunt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. for good donuts yeah all right buddy we'll see you next time see you next time cheers dude cheers thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the show and that it sparked some ideas for your writing and your coaching as always our approach to coaching is on pros and cons not rights and wrongs and with that in mind our podcast is meant to be more of a conversation about topics and techniques rather than a final say in how to ride or how to teach As always, please take care of using or applying any of the techniques discussed in this podcast. Stay safe, write smart, and we'll see you next time.